Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host Matt Truman. Hello, hello. This is Matt Truman. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Thank you for sharing with a friend. Today on the podcast, we have a lot of information to bring to you tonight. So folks, I have started doing some lives over on my YouTube channel. So it's Matt in parentheses, Doc Truman over on YouTube. We've got quite a few folks, more folks. I haven't utilized this YouTube channel very much. This podcast goes out to that YouTube channel, but I've been doing live videos. So I hope you tune into that. I'm I'm trying to work in a new program over there, but uh, we'll we'll see how that works out. I'm going to have someone to host it with me, hopefully. And uh, we're going to talk about all things about God, about news, about entertainment, about everything. We're just going to discuss all kinds of things. And I'm, I'm working that out because videos tend to go further in this world, apparently. But I appreciate everyone that listens that have been downloading this podcast for the time that we've been out. I was out at the range last week and I did a little video. I uh, picked up a new Glock 43 and I went out to the range and shot it. I did a video with a friend of mine and I forgot to put my left ear cover on and I pointed that out because that was a mistake. You don't do that. But uh, I'm kind of used to shooting guns without ear protection. But it's good to have ear protection. So make sure you always wear your ear pro, especially before you do videos. But that video, it garnered a lot of views. A couple thousand views. And then I started doing this live thing. And then more folks have been watching over on Matt Doc Truman's YouTube page. So thank you for all those folks. If you saw the little promo for this podcast and you came over and you're listening, thanks for listening. Share with a friend. I appreciate it. It costs you nothing. It's, it's all free, right? So without further ado, 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Queen of England, if you didn't know, has passed away. Folks, everybody knows the Queen of England passed away. She is uber famous. Everyone in the world knows who the Queen of England is, and everyone has seen that there is a new King Charles III. So I'm going to play a video. Well, I'm going to play an audio. Um, the video you probably won't be able to see very much unless you go over to band.video. But this audio of the video, I think is interesting. It, it kind of perks your ears up a little bit and kind of gives you the, hmm, do we believe it? Don't we believe it? Well, I'm going to leave that up to you. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Reese. 25 years ago, Princess Diana's car crashed inside the Pont de la Alma tunnel in Paris, France. Her lover, Dottie Fayed, died upon impact along with the driver. And even though Diana survived, it took about 40 minutes to get her from the car to the ambulance. The official story was that they were trying to free her from the car. But several witnesses say that Diana was conscious and unobstructed. Photographs show that the back seat of the car was undamaged and witnesses were pleading with the police to open the door and help her. Once in the ambulance, it took about 40 minutes for them to choose a hospital. And when they finally set off, the ambulance drove at a snail's pace and made several stops, taking about 40 minutes to drive less than four miles. Doctors were turned away. Witnesses were strip searched. Cameras were confiscated. No evidence was gathered. No blood samples were taken. And by 3 a.m., the entire scene was sprayed down with high-pressure water hoses. Mercedes wanted to study the wreckage to see why it failed so badly, but they were denied. Diana's body was taken by the royal family, who had her reproductive organs removed before burying her remains. All 17 cameras along the route of the crash were mysteriously turned off, and all radio police frequencies went down. Witnesses were assaulted and threatened, and there was no investigation. Not until the inquest, 10 years later, which is when most people learned that Diana had penned a note in 1996 saying that someone was going to kill her in a car accident. This note was concealed for six years. At the inquest, experts agreed that Diana would have survived if they had gotten her to a hospital. But the blame was put upon a military-style attack. According to witnesses, a group of motorcycles, along with a white Fiat Uno, worked in concert to crash the car. First, with a blinding flash of light, followed by an explosion from the front tire of the Mercedes. During the inquest, a former MI6 agent described being shown the very same plan in 1992 for a possible MI6 assassination of Slobodan Milosevic and claimed it was MI6 who killed Diana. Because of all this, the inquest ended with the verdict of unlawful killing, blaming her death on the mysterious military hit squad. But the mainstream media spun the entire thing to make it sound like it was the paparazzi that caused her to crash, which is demonstrably false. And while there was no investigation into finding the members of this military hit squad, three years later, the alleged driver of the white Fiat, who had ties to MI6, reportedly committed suicide after being found shot twice in the back of the head and burned inside of his car. 
During the inquest, many things were kept from the jury, such as the fact that Diana's seatbelt was found to be defective and evidence of the car being sabotaged. Interestingly, these things would have brought more suspicion towards Dottie's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed, who, after turning down repeated offers from the French government to provide security, was solely responsible for Diana's security detail. And at the last minute, had them leave their security detail in front of the hotel as a decoy and take a different car, a car that was recently stolen, broken, repaired, and never checked by security. Left with only one security guard, they were also assigned a new driver. Henri Paul, who had no chauffeur permit, was tied to foreign intelligence services, was seen on camera signaling to someone just before setting off, had received over 50,000 francs the day of the crash. And this was all under the watch of Mohammed Al-Fayed, who was deeply connected to the intelligence community. He was business partners with one of Lee Harvey Oswald's handlers and represented the grandfather of Muhammad Atta. But none of that was mentioned during the inquest. Instead, with the help of pop culture agents such as Howard Stern and Piers Morgan, Muhammad Al-Fayed has provided the world with the cover story that Diana was pregnant with Dottie's child and Prince Philip had her killed because he's racist. Which seems like a strange cover story. That is, if you don't realize that the entire thing was a satanic ritual. Rituals are meant to be witnessed, and the death of Diana is steeped in satanic ritual. The royal family, originally known as the Saxe-Coburg-Gotha bloodline, changed their name to Windsor to sound more British. Their inbred family is traced back to Vlad the Impaler, otherwise known as Dracula. And with several proud Nazis in the family, including Prince Philip, the royal family is obsessed with pagan ritual and all things occulted. According to the carefully planned breeding of royal bloodlines, the marriage between Diana and Charles was for the Merovingian ancestry of Lady Diana to be seeded into the royal family. Diana was well aware of this and referred to herself as the Windsor Broodmare. They were married at St. Paul's Cathedral, owned by the royal family and built upon the site of a Roman temple dedicated to the goddess Diana. According to occult beliefs, the goddess Diana was Lucifer's consort, and on August 13th, 1313, they produced a magical daughter named Aradia. In Freemasonry, this same trio is known as Osiris, Isis, and Horus. This same ritual is shown in the Roman Polanski film, Rosemary's Baby, where the innocent virgin is unknowingly recruited by a satanic cult to mate with Lucifer and spawn a child. After the birth of Prince William, Diana became a threat to the family. She had major influence and used it to shine a light on the family's powerful interests, such as the endless war machine. Her life was being threatened and she told several friends that the family was going to kill her. Less than a month before her death and after a series of affairs, Diana started seeing family friend Dottie Fayed. And on August 31st, the satanic ritual sacrifice date for the goddess Diana, Diana of Wales was driven out of the way past an ancient Egyptian obelisk and into a tunnel named in dedication to the goddess Diana. Inside this tunnel, Diana's Mercedes crashed into the 13th pillar, 
where she was kept to bleed to death above a known ancient Merovingian underground chamber for the ritual blood sacrifice worship to the goddess Diana. This is the religion of the world's elite. Prince Philip said he would like to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to wipe out humanity. His underling, Maurice Strong, co-founded the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. And Prince Charles, who brags of being related to Dracula, co-founded the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Initiative. These are the leaders of the so-called New World Order. These monsters are the best that they have. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Whoa! Wow! Mind-blowing. Now, a lot of that is true. But I know some of you are going to say, hey, that's just conspiracy theory. And I would agree. That is definitely a conspiracy theory. A lot of things have been implanted in that story by Greg Reese to make it seem like Princess Diana was murdered. But that is definitely a theory out there, folks. And you look at the royal family today. There's a little riff out there. Prince Harry doesn't really get along with the rest of the family. Why is that? We don't really know, do we? I mean, I'm, I'm an American, so I don't really pay attention to all this because we smoked the Brits way back when in the 1700s, right? But uh, it, when, when I listen to that story or that, yeah, when I listen to that story that Greg Reese points out, there a lot of that is accurate, a lot of that stuff, and then but he puts together so well. And here's the weird thing about it. He put that together before the queen died. And when the queen died, everyone is looking upon this as a a solemn moment, which it is, folks. It is. I don't know the queen to be an evil person. I've, I've heard that the queen has accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. And... As many have kneeled down before her throughout her life, she now kneels down before Jesus, right? She is now being judged by God. She may have been a queen here, but in the afterlife, folks, there's only one that we have to kneel before, and that's God. Get yourselves right, folks, because... We're all going to be like the queen someday, dead. <laughs> I laugh because, you know, I, I've enjoyed my life. I've had a great life. I would love to see my grandkids. I would, and I pray that I do, but there's no guarantee. I could die tomorrow. I could die right now doing this podcast. That's life, right? I would never want anybody to mourn my death just it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Celebrate the life that I did live. I've tried to do right. I've tried to learn from the mistakes that I've made, the mistakes that my family has made, and do the right thing. So I just, I, I, when I, I did like a pre-recording and I put it out on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and said, hey, I'm going to play a recording you probably haven't heard. And that was probably it. There's a lot of crazy things that go around with this royal family. Let's play another one. The fallout growing from that interview with Prince Andrew, answering questions for the first time about his friendship with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Eva Pilgrim has that story for us. Good morning, Eva. Good morning, Robin. This whole thing is highly unusual. It's rare you see interviews with the royal family in any circumstance, let alone on something like this. And this interview sparking an immediate firestorm, one UK paper calling the prince entitled and obtuse. Backlash this morning. Prince Andrew speaking publicly for the first time about his relationship with now-deceased multimillionaire and convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Do I regret the fact that he has quite obviously conducted himself in a manner unbecoming? Yes. Unbecoming? He was a sex offender? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm being polite in the sense that he was a sex offender. But no. Um, uh, Was I right in, in, in having him as a friend? At the time, and bearing in mind this was some years before he was accused of being a sex offender, I don't think there was anything wrong then. Prince Andrew, Queen Elizabeth's second son and eighth in line to the British throne, telling BBC's Newsnight he has no regrets about his friendship with the businessman. Now, still not. The reason being is that, that the, the people that I met... Um, and the opportunities that I was given to learn, either by him or because of him, were actually very useful. In 2008, Epstein was convicted of soliciting prostitution from a minor. In 2010, just months after Epstein's sentence ended, the prince was seen in this video obtained by the Mail on Sunday, appearing in the doorway of Epstein's New York home. While he admits he stayed there for four days, he now says he came to end their friendship. But you were staying at the house of yes. a convicted sex offender. It was a convenient place to stay. There was, I, mean, I mean, I've gone through this in my mind so many times. At the end of the day, um, uh, um, with the benefit of all the hindsight that one can have, um, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. Um, but at the time, I felt it was the, it was the honourable and right thing to do. The 59-year-old maintains that despite multiple visits to several of Epstein's homes, he never saw any indication of unlawful conduct involving underage girls. Virginia Roberts Jufre says she was one of Epstein's teenage sex slaves. In court filings, Jufre claimed Epstein ordered her to have sex with some of his powerful friends, including on three occasions Prince Andrew, twice when she was just 17. 
All accused have denied the allegations. You don't remember meeting her. The prince categorically denying he ever had sex with Jufrey. As for this now infamous picture of the two together, the prince says he doesn't remember it being taken and says it could be a fake. From the investigations that we've done, you can't prove whether or not that photograph is faked or not because it is a photograph of a photograph of a photograph. So it's very difficult to be able to, to, um, to, to prove it. But I, I don't remember that photograph ever being taken. Andrew claims that on the date of one of their alleged encounters, he was with his daughter. On that particular day, I was at home. Uh, I was with the children. I'd taken Beatrice to uh, a Pizza Express in Woking for a party. Why would you remember that so specifically? Why would you remember a, a Pizza Express birthday and being at home? Because going to Pizza Express in Woking is an unusual thing for me to do. A very unusual thing for me to do. She was very specific about that night. Mm. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating <laughs> and that she went on to have bath, there's a bath, possibly... There's a slight problem with the sweating because I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, or I didn't sweat at the time, because I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at, and it was almost impossible for me to sweat. And it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I'm starting to be able to do that again. Now, one person coming to Prince Andrew's defense, his former wife, Sarah Ferguson, writing on social media, I am with him every step of the way, Robin. Well, there you have a story by ABC News. Back when Epstein, who did not hang himself, or did he? Did he hang himself? I don't know. Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile in chief, right? We know everything that happened on January 6th, but we have no idea who was on Jeffrey Epstein's list of pedophiles. Unbelievable, folks. You believe, right, we, we can believe that that's not possible. Like, we're never going to know what happened. The FBI, they, they, they have no clue, right? It's okay to be a pedophile in the United States, but it's not okay to be the president of the United States and declassify things and put them in your office guarded by the Secret Service. Wake up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, conspiracy theories happen, but there are true conspiracies throughout the world. America is not numb to any of this. Queen Elizabeth was uh, a hero from World War II. As in the eyes of the British, she didn't fight in World War II, but she was you know, somebody that the uh, British folks and the Europeans looked up to as someone who was very uh, stern, someone who was very uh, stoic, in personality, um, a lot of folks look up to her. Yet, her her son, Prince Andrew, is, you know, possibly a pedo. Some of the most disgusting people in the world are pedophiles.
I would say the most disgusting. I, I put pedophilia above second degree murder. Maybe even first degree murder in, in some circumstances, but it's, I, I don't understand how anyone can be a freaking pedophile. It's, it's the most disgusting thing. Not saying he is, but folks have accused him of that. Um, and the new king, what, what has the new king done? What, what's he done? Prince Charles, now King Charles III, made his life mission to save the world from climate change. That, no doubt, will be part of his new reign. Of course, the prince didn't, and the king won't follow all the rules of a proposed green utopia. But his subjects were forced to deal with a number of the things that he found most important, fracking bans, high gas taxes, all the way to a net carbon zero emission by 2050. That is the goal of the United Kingdom. The results of the green orthodoxy were predictable. First, the British pound hit its lowest levels in 40 years today. That is just part of the perfect storm facing Great Britain's newest prime minister, Liz Trust. As the Wall Street Journal puts it, Liz Truss inheritance, a UK economy on its knees. The new prime minister faces record inflation, a faltering pound, spiral on energy costs, and an ill-timed labor shortage. Not to mention the death of the queen. That article was written before. Her plan, Liz Truss's plan, to bring the economy back is simple, really. She's going to save the economy by bringing back fossil fuels. Her new Secretary of State for Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategy is this man, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Secretary Mogg is a bit of a heretic, you see. He doesn't believe in climate orthodoxy. Here he is on a radio program back in April. We're not trying to become net zero tomorrow, and we are going to need fossil fuels in the interim. We need to be um, thinking about extracting every last cubic inch of gas from the North Sea. Because we want security of supply. Extracting every last cubic inch of gas. Can you imagine King Charles right now? If he could still send someone to the Tower of London, Mog would be there. Public enemy number one. Climate enemy number one. Mog, in the world words of American politician, wants to drill baby drill. It's crazy. Imagine a government official, as Mog is, concerned as he will tell you about what his people want. How important do you think a green environmental approach to politics is nowadays? Depends what um, you're offering. Um, I would like my constituents to have cheap energy rather more than I would like them to have windmills. Fairly simple, and turns out that's what the people of the United Kingdom, his constituents, want. The UK at this point is farther down the magical green road than we are here in America, and their economy shows it. In July, they hit 10.1% inflation compared to our 8.5%. Gas there costs an average of $3 more per gallon versus here, $7.36 per gallon of gas. National average in the United States, 375. And of course, their taxes are higher, their health care is worse. The Brits are known for their stiff upper lip, right? Keep calm and carry on. Keep walking down the green road, despite how, how did the Wall Street Journal put it? Record inflation, a faltering pound, spiraling energy costs, and an ill-timed 
labor shortage. But they have not kept calm and carried on. They've broken the emergency glass and run right back to fossil fuels. Makes us think about Gavin Newsom and other climate change warriors. Evidently, threatened blackouts in California are not enough yet. Those threatened blackouts are happening again today, by the way. But he's still holding strong on banning gas cars, despite also banning electric ones or charging electric ones. I digress. The UK is going back to fossil fuels to save their economy. What will it take for America to do the same? That was News Nation talking about green energy. So the report was talking a lot about Liz Trust, who is now the new conservative leader, prime minister of Great Britain. Yet, she was not always a conservative. And the Mog fellow that <laughs> they were talking about did seem like a conservative. Um, hmm. So you have now King Charles. Do you think he's going to flex his muscle? He's a man who loves the World Economic Forum. Yes, I do believe King Charles, becoming King Charles, will flex his muscle and things may certainly change around the world. We must rapidly realign our own economy to mimic nature's economy and work in harmony with it. I will be convening a broad range of industry and issue roundtables, including but not limited to aviation, water, carbon capture and storage, shipping, forestry, plastics, financing, digital technology, the bioeconomy, nature-based solutions, renewable energy, battery storage, electric vehicles, fisheries, integrated healthcare, cement, steel, traceability and labeling, and agriculture, at the end of which I shall probably be dead. It is time to level the playing field and to think about how we properly deploy taxes, policies and regulation in a way that catalyzes uh, sustainable markets. Everything I've tried to do and urge over the past 50 years has been done with our children and grandchildren in mind because I did not want to be accused by them of doing nothing except prevaricate and deny the problem. Now, of course, they are accusing us of exactly that. So put yourselves in their position, ladies and gentlemen. We simply cannot waste any more time. The only limit, the only limit is our willingness to act. And the time to act is now. Well, you see, the time to act... The time to act is now. Wow, folks. He is the green Brit, is he not? And he's now king. Do you think he's not going to hold some sway over Liz Truss and the like? Do you think the green technologies will now reign supreme in Great Britain as they are rolling into what could be a very devastating winter throughout Europe due to the fact that Russia is at war with Ukraine and Russia is laughing off Europe's need for energy.
He essentially told Europe, you're going to freeze because you're providing weapons, money, and assets to our enemy at the time, which is actually Russian's brother, Ukraine. We live in a tumultuous time, folks, and I've said this many times on the podcast. Who knows what is going to happen? Folks, you need to stock up on water, food, have a way to heat your home, be prepared. Things are coming to pass. If you're not prepared, you're going to be stuck out in the wind. And those that are prepared probably won't let you in their house to eat. I will. As much food as I got, I will help feed folks because that's just how I am. But, you know, I don't have enough food to feed the whole world. But doggone it, I wish I did. I wish I had enough money to feed the whole world because I would. And it would probably stop a lot of this. Anyway, I digress. Folks, green energy is not the way to go. Did you hear what happened in Colorado? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Colorado. They took over thermostats in Colorado. I posted this. There was a, a an article out of Colorado, a news article, that said that a energy company took over thermostats and, and, and people were writing, Hold on, I'll I'll tell you exactly what they wrote. Someone wrote, customers let them take over. It's part of getting a free thermostat and discounts. Almost like living in an HOA and being pissed when they enforce the rules and agree to, you agree to. Folks, I I didn't write anything back to that because I just, I, I let it flow, you know. Hey, you're entitled to your own opinion. But it's not like living in an HOA, not at all. You sign up for these things. And, and and a lot of times, folks, we, you know, we all make this mistake. We need to read the terms and conditions more often, but we don't. We just sign up to things. Oh, that's okay. You're going to give this to me. All right. You're going to give me a break here. All right. I sign up for it. But since when is it okay for an energy company to take over your thermostat in your home? It's hot. Let me play this story for you so you know what context we're talking. When temperatures get this high, Excel is ready to take over control. Normally, when we see a message like that, we're able to override it. Um, in this case, we weren't. So our thermostat was locked in at 78 or 79. XL says it was due to an energy emergency. These customers say otherwise. There's no notification here in Colorado that I've ever seen. Tonight, we are taking your concerns right to XL to set the record straight. 
This heat is also changing up your kids' school schedules. They can't learn or the teachers can't teach when it's 99 degrees and there's 30 plus students in the class. And we won't see any relief in the immediate future. We received several emails from people upset about Excel's Colorado AC Rewards Program. Now, customers received this message on their smart thermostat, letting them know that their temperature was locked due to an energy emergency, and they couldn't override that lock. Well, since our story aired, we've been doing some digging and have been in close contact with Excel about these concerns. Tonight, Denver 7's Jacqueline Allen is following up with more customers who just want to be in control of their own homes. Jacqueline. What do you usually keep your thermostat at? Uh, 75. I came over here and noticed it was 80 degrees. Lisa Bledsoe says when her Greeley home hit 80 degrees last Tuesday, first she thought her air conditioner was broken and shelled out 99 bucks for a service call. They came out and the guy just turned it right on. There's nothing wrong with this. They had no control over the temp in their own home. Then she saw our story and says she confirmed Excel had used their saver switch on her AC for several hours with no warning. First it made me feel stupid and then it made me angry. Lisa's one of tens of thousands who suddenly lost control of their home temperatures in 90 degree weather during what Excel called an energy emergency. The story heating up on social media with perspectives ranging from, oh good, we're California now, to read the fine print and you signed up for it. I've never signed up for that program. I've never gotten any rewards and um, they still took control of my thermostat. Thomas Nunley saw his thermostat locked last week with no advance notification until it happened. When I called Excel, they uh, said they didn't have any supervisors on hand that could talk to me and that they would uh, get back to me, and that never happened. That's been over a week. It's a voluntary program. Following up today, Excel says customers on these load relief programs need to be aware Excel can control your AC, and that option may be used more often. Many customers tell us that's fine if they signed up for it and if they know in advance. And you need to be notified by the company. Mm-hmm as the consumer. That's only fair. Is Excel going to be more proactive about notification? Yeah, I think that's a terrific uh, point. And, you know, anytime we run programs like this, we're looking at opportunities to improve communications because communications is key. We want to make sure, sure people know what's happening, why that's happening, and keep them informed. Going in depth here, a lot of customers reached out to contact number seven with opinions and ideas. Dennis Barley in Lakewood says Excel offers time of use rates as well, saving energy, but he controls the temperature. Electricity is way more expensive during these peak periods between 1 and 7 p.m. I would much rather be on this than volunteer to have them turn my air conditioning off when they need to. And Excel again today. Thanks, everyone who signed up for these programs. We just want to make sure that people know what they are signing up right. for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can understand their, uh, their frustrations Absolutely. there. All right. Nice work. Thanks, Jacqueline. Thank you, Jack. Oh, Excel. So there was one gentleman in that report that said, hey, I didn't sign up for this stuff. A lot of people don't realize they're signing up for these things. Smart meters. I remember hearing about smart meters years ago and thinking look i haven't always been this guy questioning everything i was the guy thinking oh yeah that's probably just a conspiracy theory that'll never happen i thought about that a lot and then when you experience certain things in life and you go wait there's some weird crazy fruitcakes out there and some of those weird crazy fruitcakes are in charge of everything 
It's amazing to me, folks. Wow. But, you know, hey, we're just going to dial it up to 78 degrees. Have you ever sat in your house at 78 degrees? It gets a little stuffy, even with ceiling fans. I have I have ceiling fans. I, I, I think it's important to have ceiling fans. Some of them make noise, and I probably should replace them because it's annoying. But, oh, boy, that's the world we live in. That's just a small part of the world we live in. And now King George III will definitely implement some of these ideas that he's had over the years in Great Britain and throughout the world. It will catch on like wildfire because folks, we're, we have to be green. Look at California. Have you not looked at California? Oh my Lord. California is a mess. Everybody's moving out of California and they continue to implement these laws like Have you heard the story about how California is going to now ban gas-powered vehicles, yet they stopped the, they said, don't charge your vehicles during certain peak hours? Green energy, this so-called green energy, equals depopulation. They want to save the earth, but not save the people. No, kill the babies through abortion and whatever else cancer and the jab and i mean whatever we are living in strange times people strange times my goodness we're living in strange times okay so we've talked about a lot today we've talked about the queen's passing we've talked about this green energy 2030 agenda Agenda 2030, we've talked about all kinds of things. I was going to talk about Russia and Ukraine, and, and I'll, I'll end the podcast with a Russia-Ukraine clip, but I'm going to play this. This is from Samuel, Le- Samuel Leeds. He's a YouTuber with uh, over 300,000 subscribers. He's a Brit, and we've talked about the Brits But I'm going to end with this, and he's talking about the World Economic Forum. Folks, these are the folks that are controlling all of this. They're driving the agenda that we, just us basic folks, have to live with. The politicians, they're they're low man on the totem pole. They're just answering to the so-called special interest, which are the billionaires of the world. So I'm going to end with Samuel Leeds. No. So I'm going to play a video from Samuel Leeds. I'll let you listen to it. And then we'll end with a little Russia, Ukraine, and we'll come back and talk about some other things next time. It's heavy, folks. All this stuff's heavy. I know it is. But be prepared. Samuel Leeds, folks. The World Economic Forum are a huge global network of elitists, the super rich, and they have a world agenda which they themselves announced and said that their goal is that we all own nothing and be happy about it. In this video, I'm going to be talking about that. This is something that many people have talked about and are unsure about, but the reason I'm talking about this today is because I recently attempted to become a member of the World Economic Forum. It costs half a million pounds a year. 
to join the network. And guess what? I got half a million pounds. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, I got half a million pounds. I want to be a member of your network. And they would not have me as a member. Denied. Made me think, why not? So not only do you have to be really stinking rich, I've never felt so poor. When I applied to be a member of the World Economic Forum, which literally have got people, they're, they're all associated with all the politicians and Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, all these folks are all in this network. And I'm like, well, I'm rich now. I want to join. I want to help save the planet. I want to make the world a better place, which is what you guys all want. That's what that the, the whole thing is about. Let me join. And they said, they gave me a little checklist. And they said, what is your net worth? Is it between... A million and a billion? Is it between a billion and 10 billion? Is it between 10 billion and 100 billion? I was like, damn, I'm right at the bottom of the food chain, but listen, I can still afford you a 500,000 pound a year membership, and I am a multi-millionaire. My net worth's 20 million at least, so come on, let me in. And they didn't even respond. And I've been trying to become a member and they haven't responded. So I did some investigation into who they are and what their agenda is. And the results were shocking. And I think it's almost verging on evil. So I'm going to talk about my factual findings and then let you decide. When the World Economic Forum said that their agenda is that we will own nothing and we will be happy. The only optimistic way to look at this is that everything will become subscription based. And we will not need to own things. And that is why we will be happy about it. For example, I don't own any DVDs anymore. I don't own CDs. I don't own things like that because it's now not essential because the world has moved on with its agenda. Now we have subscriptions such as Netflix, such as Spotify. There also definitely seems to be an agenda that instead of owning houses that we now rent, again, our whole life is rented and leased on a subscription basis. Our cars, we're being incentivized to use public transport and to go electric and to lease cars. So the world is moving away from owning what you have and leasing and renting what you have. Now, while that may not sound like a bad thing, and it's okay to lease everything, it's the way of the world, the scary part of that is that if everything is leased by these big tech companies, what happens if they don't like us? What happens if we step out of line and they decide to cancel us on a individual level like they did with the Russians where they just said no more Netflix? They don't have DVDs. If they cut off the supply of what you're leasing, what it does is it gives them complete control and complete power. And most of these people in these groups are billionaires or multi-billionaires. And it almost seems to me like when money is no object anymore, the next high is world power and control and domination. That's a scary thought. Interesting that Prince Charles is a member. The Chinese president is a member. The banks are a member. There's massive world banks that are members of the World Economic Forum, and they're telling us to stop buying houses, to not own things. They're decentivizing the, the ability to even own a property. Yeah, what are they doing? What are the banks doing? Well, we know that the ba Lloyds Bank right now in the UK, BlackRock, what are they all doing? They're buying houses en masse, and then they are renting them out to us. So when they say own nothing and be happy, really what I think they're saying is you will own nothing and be happy, and we we will own everything and be even happier.
They're calling this the Great Reset. And people are celebrating the Great Reset because they're broke, because they don't own things, and they're saying, yeah, let's just let the government and the rich just reset everything, and the Great Reset sounds like a good idea. I'm sorry, but to me, the Great Reset sounds like a horrible idea. In fact, anything that's ever started with the Great in history has always ended in destruction. The Great Depression, the Great Leap Forward, the Great Recession, the Great War, whenever anything starts starts with the great and has an, a world agenda behind it, it has always ended in destruction and devastation for the general public. But what about all the celebrities, though, that are endorsing it? What about all the big A-list celebrities that are standing behind the movement and saying, yes, this is wonderful, this is going to help the world? Well, you know what? Whenever the celebrities are all endorsing anything at the same time, you know what I generally do? Run! And the way that we are evolved to live becomes more and more distant and remote. We don't live as tribes. We're not in control of our own resources. The idea that we will own nothing and we will be happy sounds like a terrifying, not Orwellian, but sort of Huxleyan idea that we will be somered into compliance, drugged by a sort of a magical substance in our water, into dumb compliance with the objectives of the powerful while we live as kind of human drones. The World Economic Forum currently has three thousand paying members and with membership costing around five hundred thousand pounds the question is where does that money go and nobody knows where that money goes and the truth is it's probably to fund the government and the media have you ever noticed how the media and the government all seem to sing off the same song sheet and agree at the same time with the same things and usually the agenda is to bash the rich and tell you don't try and build a business don't worry we'll look after you the agenda is to weaken men and break down families. And if you step out of line or say something they don't like, they will literally de-platform you. You can just suddenly overnight be vanished off of Instagram, off of YouTube, off of everywhere and not have a voice anymore. No debate, no discussion, just cancelled, gone. Interesting. And I'm having to be extremely careful about what I say on this video. This video risks being de-platformed. Maybe I'll end up suddenly off of YouTube as well. But I just couldn't bring myself to not speak at least based off of the research that I've done and share my opinions on this matter. They train world leaders via their Young Global Leader program. Even Putin was trained by them. The World Economic Forum recently said that capitalism needs a dose of Marxism. No, capitalism does not need a dose of Marxism. Marxism has devastated everything it's ever touched. Just look back at history. Wake up. And the irony is so shocking, the fact that the royal family are members of the World Economic Forum and then the World Economic Forum are telling us to own nothing when they literally own so much. Can we not see the irony? So what are the World Economic Forum actually doing apart from trying to get us used to the idea of owning nothing? What are they doing with their billions of pounds that they are raising through the World Economic Forum where there's no trace of where the membership money actually goes? Well, it would appear to me that what they're doing is they are controlling the media so that people don't think for themselves anymore. You will vote how they want you to vote. They are trying to gain complete control of everything and everybody and stripping financial literacy from people, keeping them dumb so they are slaves and workers. What should they be doing? Well, in my opinion, I'm all for the idea of a World Economic Forum. I'm all for an idea of wealthy people getting together, how to make the world a better place and change the planet. But what they should be doing is they should be bringing financial literacy into schools. They should be championing and incentivizing businesses, giving to charity. They should stop taxing the hell out of small, struggling businesses. Relying on the government for you to be looked after always ends in poverty and devastation. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Samuel Leeds. Honestly, that's the first time I've heard that gentleman speak, but he, he speaks the truth. The World Economic Forum is a scam to the rest of us. It's where the elites go to play and to control and to keep us down. We're no longer, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you're no longer able to say you didn't know because now you know. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum. He's put out books such as The Fourth Industrial Revolution, The Great Reset. I've read them both and, and other books, right? He's not a particularly great writer, but he is powerful. He controls the elites. He's the elite mastermind. Know him and know what he's saying and know what the World Economic Forum is saying. Agenda 2030, the Great Reset. Know these things because if you don't, you're doomed. It's like history. You're, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. We're repeating history today. We're about to venture into World War Three. Why? Because that's what they want us to do. Wake up, people. I'm going to play you a little clip, and then we're going to end the podcast. And I'll see you on the live this weekend. We're going to do a live. I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I never know what I'm going to do. I never know what I'm going to talk about. I just come on these podcasts and I play clips and I talk about the clips and, you know, throughout the week I think about these things and then I bring it to you. So I hope this is just a a little education and then you go out and find all these folks that are talking about important issues and I hope it opens your mind a little bit. Don't stay close-minded in your corner with your team. Broaden that horizon. You know, reach out. Maybe there's other folks who are closed-minded that you can open their mind and say, listen, but here's what is also out there. We need to work together. We need to work together, come together as one and do what's right for humanity because they're trying to destroy humanity. And I didn't go into all the AI stuff and all. I mean, there's just a lot of information out there. And they like to drown you with information so you don't understand what's going on. And they want to play on your, hey, I need, I've worked all week. I've dealt with the kids. My wife's complaining about this. And I just want to mow my grass and tune out. No, folks. Tune in. I'm talking to the men. But ladies, you also have to tune in. Right? We all have to tune in. Talk to your husbands and say, listen, here's what I learned. Let's learn more. Let's wake up early on Sunday and go to church. Because in the end, folks, 
All this is not going to matter if we don't have a relationship with God and know Jesus Christ and do the right thing. <sighs> I, I, I have a lot going through my mind right now. And uh, I'll have to do that on the next podcast, the next live. I'm going to end the podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a clip to end the podcast talking about Russia and Ukraine. But I'm going to say this. Pray, folks. Pray for this world. Pray for your country. Pray for other folks' country. Right? We have borders for a reason, but outside of that, we are so connected today. Probably too connected at points. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you listening to this podcast. Those listening to this podcast, I am going to pray for you. I'm going to do it right now, and then we're going to, I'm going to play a video about Russia, Ukraine, and I pray. All right, let's just do it. Dear Heavenly Father, please, Lord, watch over everyone who is listening to this podcast. Protect them. Guide them. Let them hear the truth. Lord, we need you now more than ever. We're living in strange times. We're confused. Some of us are hurting. And we pray that you guide us the right way. Help us learn the right way. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, folks. There it is. <sighs> Get right with God, folks. We're living in strange times. We are living in strange times. Get right with God. I'm going to try and get right with God, too. I hope. Please keep me in your prayers as well, as I will with you. If you want me to pray for you, I will. Just email me, truepodcast at gmail.com. I'll keep you in my prayers. And uh, there it is. So I'm going to I'm gonna leave you with a clip about Russia and Ukraine, and we'll come back. Maybe on the live we'll talk about it a little more, but uh, follow us over on uh, Matt in quotes, Doc, and then Truman. That's our YouTube page. And I'm also on Twitter at Truman Doc, at Truman Doc. Um, I had to start a new Twitter page, so there's probably not any followers. But uh, I had a bunch, and then I lost the password. But anyway, it's a long story. So here's a clip to end this podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Please share with a friend. I have a couple of colleagues who work with the military in Europe, and they are concerned right now that we are going to see a European conflict on multiple nation soils in the next six months. There's talk among their groups and among their different, uh, their different organizations. They are going to prepare their families to get ready for war. They said that we should do everything that we can right now to buy as much ammunition as you possibly can, as much food as you can, as much medicine as you can, and 
prepare, I guess, as much as you can to get ready for this. They are ready right now, training, being prepared to go against Russia and Russian allies. Now, their major aggressor is Russia. They're ready for on-the-ground combat against Russia. There's some talk that it's going to be against North Korean forces or mercenary forces that Russia pays to fight the war for them. But they are concerned that they're going to leave the safety of their homes, the protection of their borders, and they will be fighting in the world's next war, subsequently World War III. Now, I don't know how much reality there is to the fact that Americans need to prepare for uh, ground, you know, ground combat or fist-to-fist combat, uh, face-to-face combat on European soil, but I know that our troops are being sent over there right now. Now, the average American, what do you need to get ready for? What do I need to get ready for? There's definitely going to be a massive disruption to our everyday way of life. There's going to be supply chain disruptions. There's going to be increased uh, critical inflation. Critical inflation to me is your cost of living, the things that you need today to be alive tomorrow, given the circumstances. So you need uh, food, of course, you need water, you need air, you need medicine, you need access to health care, you need uh, access to emergency services, Uh, the electricity needs to stay on, you need to be able to put gas in your car so you can go to work and you can make money from that, Uh, you know, to pay for food, to pay for water, to pay for electricity. So critical Inflation, critical item inflation is going to be uh, something that we have to start thinking about. If there are any areas that you can uh, that you can parallel critical items, we need to start doing that. So if you have a way to pay for electricity right now and that's going to work and paying for that, but you can also install some solar. I don't expect you to take your whole house off the grid, but imagine the, uh, you know, the safety and the uh, reassurance that it would give your family if you can just have the lights on. If you can just power one small window unit, you know, a window shaker AC unit, you can power a 5,000 BTU window unit off of even the solar generator kits that are out there on the market right now. But you need to have enough power that during the day, you're going to be able to recharge that battery system. And I don't even suggest those generator kits for it. They're just nice all-in-ones. I'd really suggest that you get out there and you get a couple of 100-watt panels. You get, when They're cheap. You can get them for $80 a piece, a 100-watt panel. Uh, you get a couple of uh, deep uh, batteries, uh, you know, some marine batteries, because that's cheaper to go about than to get something like a lithium. Your most important thing, because even if your batteries suck, If you're able to pull power in during the day through the solar panels and just push that power through even a junky battery, but you have a pure sine wave inverter that can handle that 5,000 BTU air conditioning unit, the, the ability for your battery to retain energy without solar power coming in is inconsequential because you need that system the most during the day when the sun shines. In all reality, you're not going to be able to run a system, you know, for four days if you have a solar uh, storm system overhead and you get no power coming in. You need it the most when the sun is shining. Same thing goes with your uh, deep freezer. So being able to power those units is important. What are you going to do about ammunition? Now, don't get me wrong. I run uh, some NATO 
uh, ammunition. I run AK-47 ammunition, so 7.62 by 39. You better bet your last bullet I'm going to buy it from wherever I can. There's a lot of talk about boycotting anything that comes to us from uh, you know, uh, European sources. I'm going to buy it anywhere that I can, and I'm going to keep buying it. I suggest that you do the same thing. Getting out there and training is something that you and your family need to do. You need to start, uh, I don't care whether it's paintball. I don't care whether it's, uh, uh, you know, pellet gun. Not pellet guns. What do they call those little, uh, uh, you know, uh, soft uh, soft pellets. Uh, you you need, just need to get out there and train. I've always found that paintball training was good for the heart, good for the cardio, good for the mind. Puts you in an environment you don't want to get hit. You use minimal padding. Uh, you know, and and that is just training your body to get out there and move and react and think about what your enemy is doing and uh, really perform that task easily. Plus, it's fun with your family. Uh, getting out there and training in football, in soccer. Each one of those things are training your body, training your mind, you're reacting quickly. That's the type of training we need to get into. And if you're at an age or an environment that, uh, you know, softball, uh, football, soccer, paintball doesn't, uh, isn't something that you can do, you need to use some sort of other source. Got a secret, can you keep it? Swear this one you save. Better lock it in your pocket. Show you that I know or training, anything that you can do. Work your arms. You know, I see people in wheelchairs. They do nothing but upper body cardio. They work their arms all day. You want to be able to squeeze that trigger, get one of those little hand springs, and just start working at it. 